Welcome to episode 587 of the world's favorite pinball podcast. Now, not everybody's favorite pinball podcast, but you know what? You can't win over everybody. So on this episode, I'm going to talk to you about Spooky Pinball. And I think I finally figured out what is happening over at Spooky Pinball. And I know I've been back and forth on this, but you have to remember, when you're trying to get information from companies they do not want you to have, it's not that easy. It's not like I can just hit up Ben Heck or knock on the door over in Benton, Wisconsin. And remember this, everybody. Is there any other pinball podcast on planet Earth right now that is actually doing this work and trying to give you what we believe are the next titles from these companies so you can be well-informed on whether or not you want to buy the current stuff or wait for the games that are coming down the road. That's what we're trying to do here. And here's the thing. It's fun to try to find out what is happening over at these pinball companies. I'll never understand why other people try to protect this information because they're just pinball machines. And these are just pinball companies. And ultimately, you know what cars are coming out next. You know what video games are coming out next. You know what movies are coming out next. You know what Rolex watches are coming out next. But when it comes to pinball, we have to allow these companies to be super secret so they can create the ultimate window of FOMO. So they can force you to spend money that you don't need to spend on pinball machines because you and I both know deep down inside. This stuff is not going to change your life or make you a more interesting person. It's just going to provide you hours of fun. And so it should. And it's a toy. So who cares if we spoil a toy that's coming out in the near future for very wealthy men? Oh my God, the tragedy of that. I also want to speculate on what I think John Borg's next game is. Because John Borg is after Keith Elwin, and that's going to be the one-two punch at the end of this year. John Borg, Keith Elwin. It's going to be the reverse order, Keith Elwin, then John Borg. There's a new pinball machine from Pinball Adventures coming out. Okay. Deep Root Pinball's refunds happened on June 1st. Did anyone take their Raza refund? I don't know. At this point, why bother, right? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're still waiting for Cactus Canyon Remake. No news there. But before I get started, I want to thank a listener of this show, and his name is Cliff Albert. And Cliff is a really cool guy. And Cliff came to me and he said, Chris, you know what? Your show's just been a little negative lately. And I don't want to listen to your show if it's too negative because I just want to enjoy pinball. And you know, I really respect when people give me feedback like that because I said, you know what, Cliff? You're right. I've been a little down and out. Lots of things have been going on that none of you are fully aware of. Some of the stuff you're aware of, like losing my best friend in Bubba, like COVID and being locked up inside a one-bedroom apartment for over a year, not going into work, not talking to coworkers, not having happy hours, having Killian pop into the world. And for all of you parents out there, you know how tiring that is to be a new parent. So you put all this together. And then also, you know, just the average daily sort of people that always come at Canada for being Canada. I get that every freaking day. And you add it all together. You add it all together. And then I've never had a vacation in almost two years. And then we're trying to find a house. And the real estate market is ridiculous. If you live in the Northeast, the real estate market is like 30% higher than it was a year ago. And as a family like ours, where we worked really hard and we've been responsible and you look at the world and you look at how expensive everything is. And then you look at like, oh, if I just put $10,000 in AMC stock a year ago, do you see this? A year ago, 
$10,000 in AMC stock is now worth $289,000. It's just like at some point, all this stuff just collides on you and you get stressed out, you get anxious, you get frustrated. And you know what? I want to tell you right now, I'm turning a page. I do this because I enjoy this. This is probably my most enjoyable creative outlet, and I tell this to people all the time. The reason why I do this show is because I can create it. I'm allowed to say whatever I want on Canada's Pinball Podcast. I don't have to ask permission. Everything else I do in life, I mean this, like almost everything else I do in life either requires money or I have to ask permission or I have to use time that I'd rather be using for something else. But when I do Canada's Pinball Podcast, I mean this. The time I spend doing this is time I really enjoy. The time I spend doing my Facebook Lives is time I really enjoy doing it. And that's the other part about my Facebook Lives that some of you don't understand as I do some of those in between meetings in which I'm working all day long on stuff that's not pinball. And even though you might think I'm thinking about pinball all day long during all those hours, I'm not. I have other really important responsibilities going on and so many things that I'm accountable for that you just don't know about. And I talked to you about some of it and some of my marketing career and this and that. And I'm a very transparent person. I've always been very transparent. You know who I am. You probably know where I work. You know the brands I work on. You know some of the things I've done. You know where I live. You know, you, you know so much about me and I don't hide any of it because I think if you listen to this show, the biggest appeal of Canada's Pinball Podcast is that transparency. And we're always going to be that way. And that's the way I want it. Now, the other part is this. I run what I think is one of the most active and engaging and fun Facebook Live pages. But here's the thing, everybody. It's my page. I can do what I want with it. I'm not going to let someone run up in my house and complain and whine constantly on my Facebook Live page. No. No, we're there to have fun. And we have fun on our Facebook Lives. And you know when it's not fun? is when people run into someone's house party and start insulting the guest of the party. And I think we have the best Facebook fan page going, and I think it's very engaging, and I think there's a reason why there's a lot of engagement with all the different content, and it's gonna stay that way. And anyone who wants to jump in there and try to troll the good time we're all having, they're just gonna get banned, and guess what? We're not gonna miss them, because we're gonna keep doing what we do, and this is why. This is why this is the favorite pinball podcast. This is why for a lot of you, it's some of your favorite Facebook live content when it comes to pinball. Because here's the funny part about it all. We're, we're talking pinball. We're not even playing pinball. We're just talking about the hobby. And there's a lot of fun in that. And it doesn't cost you anything. And the last point I want to make is for all those who contribute to the page and support Canada's Pinball Podcast on Patreon and PayPal, thank you very much. I'm seeing people insult people for contributing and donating to this. Nobody who makes content should be insulting other people who make content that people are contributing to because they want to say, I like what you do, I support what you do, and I know how much time and effort it takes to do it. So speaking of time and effort, let's get right to it. So here's the main thing. Here's the main thing on this podcast. This podcast is called A Tale of Two Spookies for a Reason. And the reason why I'm saying that is I've been digging up what is the next spooky pinball title? And I got the first one wrong. I'm going to admit it. I always admit when I'm wrong, don't I? That's part of being Canada. Halloween, I'm hearing, is not it. It is not Scooby-Doo. Here is what I'm here to tell you right now in Canada's Pinball Podcast, that Spooky Pinball has two titles that are designed and ready to go, not just one. 
So you can imagine when you have two titles ready to go and not one, how that could create a ton of confusion for a dude like me who's trying to tell you what the next title is because I could be hearing two different things and I could be saying to myself, well, it has to be one of them because no pinball company that I've known recently has ever released two titles or had two titles ready to go back to back. But as we've seen over in Benton, Wisconsin, Spooky Pinball is expanding its operation. Now they're expanding their operation to have two lines to make two games simultaneously is what I'm hearing. Did I say that weird? Simultaneously. Now I don't know if they're both gonna go on the line at the exact same time, but I'm here to tell you right now that Spooky Pinball within the next few months is gonna have more than just one title ready to go. Now here are the two titles that I am hearing are gonna be the Spooky Pinball titles. And, and believe me, I don't have confirmation. I haven't seen either of these titles. So let's call these rumors. Canada is predicting. Okay, we'll call it a prediction. How about that? My prediction could be right, it could be wrong. Here are the two titles. Number one is Nightmare on Elm Street. And the artist, which I think might be doing both of these games because this guy's art is insane. And he did the art for Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. His name is Jeff Zarno. Now, Zorno, Z-O-R-N-O-W. Now, if you Google this guy and you see his artwork on Godzilla, it is some of the best artwork I've seen. It's, it would be the best artwork on any pinball machine ever if Jeff did the kind of Godzilla artwork that he has done in the comic world. And this is why Spooky's probably so upset that Stern stole Godzilla from them because they would have made that and they should have made that if you look at Jeff's work he's got an incredible nightmare on Elm Street work of art that is up on my Facebook page so that I'm hearing is title number one will be nightmare on Elm Street now what's the second title well here we go you ready for it a lot of you people are gonna be really happy when I heard this now again this is just a rumor so if this doesn't come true don't be mad at me I, I didn't make the decision not to make this the second title that I'm hearing will be part of Spooky Pinball's duo of titles is Army of Darkness. Now, I have to admit, I've never seen Army of Darkness. I just started watching Evil Dead with Brenda, and she got scared within like 25 minutes, so we turned it off. Somehow you go into the woods, and the woods sexually assaults you. It was too much, too much for the wife. So Army of Darkness and this Ash character. Now I need to watch these movies. I just, for some reason I just never saw these movies growing up. But when I see people talk about Army of Darkness, they go bonkers for it. So that is one I'm hearing could possibly be coming from Spooky Pinball. Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger and all of his hilarity and Ash and Army of Darkness, which apparently I hear is like one of the campiest funniest and like amazing like spoofs on like horror movie genre and which would be perfect for pinball so how do you like them apples that spooky pinball could have two titles ready to go and if what i'm hearing also makes sense line one would be 750 or a thousand and line two would be 750 games so i'm hearing they're making a total of 1750 games so possibly what if they're splitting it up like one title we're going to make a thousand of and one title we're gonna make 750 of. Now, if you were gonna do that split between these two themes, I would have to imagine that Nightmare on Elm Street would be the one you'd make more of, but there was already a Nightmare on Elm Street game, so maybe Army of Darkness is the one that's brand new, never been done before. So that is what I'm hearing on Canada's Pinball Podcast, 
take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, and when I'm wrong, I'm sure everybody in the world will let you know how I'm always wrong and I always contradict myself and he's a narcissistic bipolar maniac. How does he survive a single day in his own skin? All right, let's move on to Stern Pinball. So John Borg is following Keith Elwin. Now, I keep going back and forth on Elwin's Godzilla is probably the worst kept secret in pinball. If it's not Godzilla, I would be the most surprised person on planet Earth. That is coming out sometime in the end of summer, early fall. So we're seeing, I, I believe October will most likely be when we see Godzilla. There is a shortage of parts. There's a backlog of orders. Stern Pinball is going to have a hard time getting all these Mandalorians out the door as fast as they normally do. There's just so much backlog over at Stern. So I think this might slow down their release schedule, but you don't care about that. What is John Borg's game? Now, I'm hearing two titles. Two titles. It's a music theme. Now, I said on my private show that I did earlier this week, for those of you who donate, you get a private show from Canada. But I, I heard that Motley Crue is a license that someone has. Now, if anyone has the Motley Crue license, I would assume it's Stern Pinball. Now, that is always in the running. Stern is a company that locks up at least 10 titles at a time. Stern understands that they could lock up a license and have that license for a while before they ever make a game. And a lot of that behavior is to create a strategic advantage for them, right? So their competitors can't go get certain things because Stern Pinball has already inked a deal to make the game eventually. It's very smart. Now, Motley Crue is a band that hates Guns N' Roses, so I, I, I do think Motley Crue has the kind of high-energy punch that would be the perfect kind of pin to compete with a game like Guns N' Roses. We will never see a game like Guns N' Roses from Stern. We all know that. Stern will never put that kind of magic inside a game. They're just not capable of it with how much money they put into their games. We all know that. And, I'm, and Stern's a Stern's a Stern. But Stern's formula works so well. So here is what I'm hearing the two titles could be that John Borg and Lyman Sheets would be working on together. The titles are this. One of them is Rush. Now, I'm not that excited by that. I don't think Rush would be a huge seller for them. I know people are probably screaming at me that I'm wrong. But come on, Rush is like underneath the caliber where some of these bands have been recently. But I get that some of you love Rush, and that's great. I'm not here to argue music. It's the most subjective thing on the planet. The other one that I'm hearing, which is obviously a bigger band, and, and whose music has stayed around in the cultural zeitgeist far more than Rush's music, is Journey. So would you like a Journey pin? with John Borg and Lyman Sheets doing it. That seems to make more sense to me, is Journey. Now, I will say this. There is a point now, and I think a lot of you are feeling this, the same way you felt like Marvel fatigue, that there's just like enough, right? It's just enough, just enough of these older bands that haven't been around for so many decades, like enough. Like if you had to choose between stuff like The Mandalorian and Journey, you would choose Mandalorian. If you had to choose between Matrix and Journey, you would choose Matrix. If you had to choose between Big Trouble and Little China or Journey, you probably would choose Big Trouble. It's just like at the point now where yes, you could make music pins for every single artist that's ever been popular and they will be somewhat successful for anyone who does this. We still know that Pinball Brothers has the Queen license, but why not make Michael Jackson 
Why not make Madonna? Why not make Eminem? At least do something in a different genre. Like, I would love an ABBA pinball machine. And I still would love a Phantom of the Opera Angeloid Weber machine because it's always the same, like, classic rock category. And I think that just goes to show the lack of diversity, not just over at Stern or with these pinball companies, but also there's also this perception that there's a lack of diversity by those people who buy pinball. But I think they're wrong. Because if you made a Madonna pinball machine, every single person out there is probably a fan of her music. I am. Brenda is. I mean, a Spice Girls pinball machine to celebrate their 25th anniversary, that would sell like hotcakes. And I know people will be like, what are you talking about? Spice Girls? It's like, yes, you don't understand. There's other genres of music. It doesn't only have to be classic rock as or hair metal as the only two musical genres pinball can pay respect to. So be it as it may, we're probably never going to see musical stuff that's not hair metal or classic rock. All right, what else is going on? So June 1st has come and gone, and Robert Mueller and the folks over at Deep Root, they did offer a first-come, first-serve refund on Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland for those people out there who are tired of waiting 11 years for this game. Now, I go back and forth on this on, at this point, would you take the money and run or would you just wait it out? And I think at this point, (laughs) honestly, if I just had $1,500 down, I would just let it ride. Because as much as people want to deny the thing I'm about to say, we know it will come true. If they figure out a way to make these games and they make only 130 Razas and that's it regardless if the game is any good regardless of anything else these games will be worth way more than the $9,000 people spent on them simply because they will be an instant collectible for the collectible community and I know people are being like what are you talking about this and that look on some level people who collect pinball machines they will chase after things just because they are rare it doesn't mean the game is good it doesn't mean the code is deep it doesn't mean the artwork is the best it doesn't mean the play fields don't chip simply because the game is rare there will be more than 130 pinball collectors out there that will want to have this in their collection and we saw this with magic girl prices because this company has been somewhat of a disaster it actually makes this stuff even more collectible because it's a conversation. And the conversation will be around how the hell did it take John Papaduke 11 years to come out with this title? It's so not worth it. That will be the conversation. Why the hell did they put the pin bar here? How the hell did this company think that they were going to sell more games than Stern Pinball? All of that will be the conversation. And all you have to do is go to the Deep Root thread and look how many hundreds of pages the Deep Root thread is to realize that like this company or not, they've been very successful in driving conversation. Now, albeit the wrong kind of conversation if you wanna be a financially successful pinball company, but they've created controversy. They've created drama. They've told people stuff that didn't come true. They sound a lot like Canada's Pinball Podcast, right? But you see what I'm saying is this company will, it will be something that collectors will throw dumb money at. Now, if I were you, and as an owner of a Magic Girl that didn't really work well, I would take the dumb money and run and cash out on your investment because I think the likelihood of this machine being amazing and playing incredibly well 
And we know if there's any quality issues with a deep root pinball game, do you really expect to be taken care of? I mean, look what's happening right now over at JJP. And I wanna say this, I've covered the JJP quality issue as much as I'm gonna cover it. I think I've been the one who's been the most prevalent, the most present, and the most consistent with my coverage of this thing. I've held them accountable. Even though I love Guns N' Roses, I don't think that gives them a pass to not communicate to their customers. This has been one of the reasons why fans of the show like Cliff have said I've been really negative because it sucks covering these negative topics like playfield quality. Here is what I think is gonna happen. They're not gonna say anything to us. They've had weeks to say stuff to us, but I want to ask all of you out there a favor because I heard from a few distributor friends. If you have a Guns N' Roses and it's having issues, please do not do a credit card chargeback and screw over your distributor. It is not your distributor's fault that this happened. Distributors work so hard and there's so much they can't control. And if you charge back your credit card, that's not fair. And if you wanna get a refund on this game and Jersey Jack Pinball told you they will refund you, then you have to keep them accountable for owning up to that refund. I think where there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of confusion right now is that Jersey Jack Pinball behind the scenes is telling some people they will refund their games, but they have not externally officially said that. And that is why you're getting all this misinformation. And I don't think it's right. And I just want to put a pin on this and say, Ken and Brett and everybody over there, you have to officially come out and say what you're going to do for customers or at least announce the refund thing you're doing that will buy back your CE or your LE if you're not happy with the game. But until it's externally official, this is where we're at. Everyone's just guessing what's happening and I just don't wanna see distributors being blamed or distributors getting hurt by this because they didn't create this issue. They've worked hard all these years to line up customers for Jersey Jack and I think it also hurts distributors when JJP doesn't officially give the distributors their official stance on this whole thing, okay? So I don't know what's gonna happen. Kerry Hardy's video is pretty funny. I think you guys have seen it. I mean, if you haven't, check out Kerry Hardy's Illinois Jack video on YouTube. You'll get a good kick out of that. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? Uh, what is Pinball Adventures game? Did you see this trailer? This like five minute trailer of this new game from Pinball Adventures. I mean, it looks cool. There's a lot of neat stuff going on it. Really weird though, to release the, the digital CAD gameplay footage of it as a way to get people excited. Not really sure I would do that. As a marketer, I kind of watched that video. The audio was not even synced up with the video. Everything about it looked pretty amateur hour. I'm not sure if, that, if that's what they were going for. I don't even have these guys on the radar as potential games people want. I don't understand why we have so many pinball companies that just can't reveal a product when it's ready to be bought. And so we'll see what comes with this, but you know, check it out, it's on YouTube, and really, do, we need, <laughs> do you even have more room, people? Do you even have more room? Are you out of money yet? I've said it before and, and I'll say it again, and then I'm gonna close out this show, is, is we all know that we're in a little bit of a bubble right now. 
We're in a little bit of a bubble where prices are really skyrocketing, where demand is through the roof, where manufacturing is harder and harder nowadays because of supply chain issues. And there's a lot of people who have made a lot of money in other areas of life. And a lot of people now are bored. I mean, boredom is the greatest climate to create when you're selling a non-essential toy. I mean, just think about it. If I'm a pinball company, I would love it if society became bored because they were stuck at home forever, especially if I'm selling a product that goes in your home and it's a toy. And so we're in a little bit of a bubble and people are throwing ridiculous amounts of money at games. And my recommendation to everyone has always been this, just wait it out, wait it out. I would really only jump in if you saw a game at a good price, which is nowhere to be found. I would really only jump in unless it was a dream theme that you had to have. And I think that's why we saw Mandalorian selling so well. And I think that's why we're seeing Mandalorians flip for well over $9,000. But there's a downside to this behavior. And the downside is this. Manufacturers are going to keep increasing their prices because they see where everything is headed. Distributors are going to have to start doing market adjusted prices because they're seeing all this as well. People are easily flipping Mandos at $13,000, $15,000. They're easily flipping Guns N' Roses at $18,000, $20,000 for the CEs. These distributors are working so hard. They're seeing all this. Something's going to have to give eventually. There is no way it's going to go on like this forever. Now, unfortunately, what's going to happen next, and then I'll end with this little bit of a rumor, is that I hear that Stern Pinball is raising the prices on all of its titles by 500 bucks, that that's coming next. Are we surprised? We are going to be at the point pretty soon where a Stern LE is $12,500. It's just going to get to that point very soon. And it's sort of sad to me because when you think about it, we all love this hobby, but we loved it a lot more when Wizard of Oz fully packed from Jersey Jack Pinball was 6,500 bucks and Stern machines were like $4,700. It's at the point now, it's hard to ignore the complete elevation in prices across the board. And you know and I know that there hasn't been that same level of elevation in mechanical magic in these games. There just hasn't. The artwork's gotten better. The code has gotten better. Now there's LCD screens, but there's still just not as much magical worlds under glass that there should be for these prices. And I don't mean that Cliff to be negative and I'm talking right to Cliff. It's just at these prices, I think we should ask for more and we should get more. And certain companies want to give us more and other companies don't. I think Spooky Pinball's next titles are really exciting because I think they're going to jam a lot into these games. And I think if they can do that and make these games shoot tremendously well, I think it's going to be really fun to finally see a company like Spooky release a super sexy pinball machine that's packed. And I heard the art package on these new games is going to be the best art package possibly ever. And this artist, go look at his stuff. I mean, he's up there with Yeti. I mean, this guy has some incredibly detailed artwork. It's, it's going to be fun to see these games. Now, I didn't tell you when. I think we should see these spooky games sometime end of June, early July. So they're coming soon. They're coming soon. All right, everybody. This has been episode 587 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Thank you for listening and sticking with me. I know at times, I know at times it seems like supporting Canada is like supporting the villain. But trust me, 
I'm not a bad guy. It's just pinball. I'm not here to harm anybody. I would never do anything to cause anybody harm. I'm just here to talk about the games, the companies, and these products that are so much fun, that are so expensive, but also can be enjoyed for pretty much nothing if you just go play them at your friends' houses and on location and in tournaments. That It doesn't cost a lot of money to love pinball. And you have to understand, if I were to recommend one direction of your lives, it would be to find that pathway. And this isn't the pathway that distributors want you to hear. It isn't the pathway that companies want you to hear. But there is so much happiness waiting for you if you find out how to love pinball without breaking the bank and you find out how to enjoy games without needing to own it. I mean, I can't go to Hertz and drive a Ferrari, but I could walk to my friend's apartment and go play all these rare games, and that's good enough for me because I don't need to play at 3 in the morning and I don't need to own everything if I can enjoy it some other way. And that's it. Find it and find what works for you. You know, I'm trying to find what works for my life. It's not easy. I'm trying to find the balance in my own world, and so are you. And that's why this show is more interesting than just only talking about pinball in the same way because we want to talk about it as it fits into our lives, which are so much more dynamic and complex than any code Keith Johnson could create. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. I'm